The United We Stand podcast is brought to you in association with Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans. Welcome to the Late United We Stand. It's an hour before Manchester United against Manchester City and I stand under heavy Mancunian skies. The downpour has been and gone. Am I optimistic about the game tonight? Not especially. Do I hope Manchester United will win? Absolutely. I hope we win 7-1. My view is not shared by all Manchester United fans because it would aid Liverpool in winning the title. You'll be listening to this after the game. So we'll do most of this podcast after the game. But I've got Binzi here because he's got the most Mancunian accent in the world. And... (laughs) He's just told me that he's got one of my books, which was uh, shoplifted um, and, and given to him. He's very proud of that. So, uh, <laughs> what can I say? I mean, you know. we're not paying for them books, Andy. You know that. You get enough out of the mega store outside here. Uh, I get absolutely nothing out of the mega store, mate. <laughs> and if all of my books were shoplifted, I wouldn't make a living. So, tell your mate next he time. Tell, 10%. Yeah. yeah. There. Anyway, we'll right, uh, come leave on, that. let's go. Right, so Derby, yeah? Yeah. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, not very good. Like you said, I'm not very optimistic. I don't care who wins the title. I don't care. But if you ask me out of Liverpool and City, I want City to win it. I want us to win tonight. And if the title goes to Anfield, so be it. They're going to win it again one day, aren't they? When you were a younger man going to Anfield and to Main Road, yeah. which was the more edgy of the two? Oh, Anfield, without a shadow of a doubt. Why? Well, first of all, it was <laughs> there weren't too many of us going at the time, you know what I mean? When was it worst? When was it its most dangerous? Because now it's a walk in the park. The, se- the, the late 70s and the 80s. Early 80s? Oh, definitely. So how would you get there in the late 70s? Well, we'd all meet... Certain members of uh, the Manchester United fraternity would tell us all what time train to be at Victoria Station. So you get to the station, you yeah. get the train to Liverpool, yeah. to Lime Street or Edgehill? Lime Street. Would you be met by the police there? Uh, no, we'd be met by the fucking scousers. Really? Yeah, in the, yeah, there was no escorts then, Andy. Really? Yeah. So they'd be waiting for you? Well, they might be, some of them would. And but you can remember a time when they're waiting for you and you just charge into them? Yeah, we just all... Or bail out. You know who the Reds are. Well, we don't need you to name names here. Yeah, yeah. I'm a journalist. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. for the truth. Yeah, of course. As it a matter was. of historical Let interest. Let me tell you, it was, it was. We when they did the same when they came here, but when we went there, we were all together. So Aurora all Gore, together. Now out the doors, and you make sure you were stood behind the right people. I can't believe you're singing all together now because we had Peter Hooten who wrote that song, Age 20, on the podcast a couple of days ago. Yeah, oh, Peter Hooten, the. Well, the Scousers were the first to do everything. Circumnavigate no, no. the earth, we, landed <laughs> on the moon. We, uh, we agreed the other day that the Mancunians were better dressed in World War One, and uh, <laughs> have always been better dressed. And, and so Peter, Peter ex- has accepted all of that, and he's very excited because he's supporting Manchester I know someone Manchester who knows United. him anyway. Well, I know him, and he's a, yeah. good, he's a great lad. I've got no, a lot of time for him. Don't, so have I. I don't know him, but he, he's just... You've got to have a line coming. Like everybody else. So you come off the train at Lime Street, yeah. you see the Scousers. I've heard rumours that you were usually at the back. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I made sure I was behind. Well, one of the people, they're not with us now, are they? And the oh. other, the other kids have sort of—they're older now. They don't well, bother going. One of the one of the people 
yeah, has said if Leeds United come up next year, we're all going. And you can come with me, Andy, yeah. uh, as a journalist. And that ba- he basically said he, I would be protected. Yeah, we're going. And I would go to Leeds away with them. Yeah, we're going. And, uh, I'm going. I'm going. If they come up, though, if they come up, the ask him about the wheat t- sheaf. I've heard all about the wheat sheaf in August 1990. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that's if Leeds come up. Leeds are making a hash of it. I'm, I'm, it looks like Sheffield United are going to come up. I'm going to go and meet Sheffield United's uh, lads and interested <laughs> parties on Saturday. Yeah. Um, Sheffield United's manager is a Sheffield United fan who used to go to away games. He's not called Sean Bean, is he? <laughs> Chris Wilder. So, so Liverpool was was the wor- was the worst one. Yeah. Where you're from, Ardwick, aren't you? Yeah. Is that a City or United area? Yeah, of course it was Red Ardwick. I don't. There was, a, you know, a few blues, but in them days it was red because you, United were notorious going away from home, weren't they? We had them from all over the country. You know what I mean? It was a great, it was a fucking adventure. I went to the the Apollo is in Ardwick, isn't it? Uh, right round the corner from and my house. I went to see a, a gig there last year, and the lads running the door were mainly United. And they were belting lads. And yeah. you know, you know, I, I can mention them, Doily and people like that. Yeah, yeah. And they introduced me to some lads who were City. And they were sound as well. And We're all... Andy, it's all about football, isn't it? Well, for them, it was all we're about red. stopping jibbers getting in because yeah, they're running the door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's changed now. Yeah. I've, I've moved away from there. The whole place has changed. This has been a disastrous eight games for Manchester United, apart from the two wins. Yeah. Who do you blame for this? Uh, Ed Woodward, the my, Glazers. My, yeah. Because they're, they're the people at the top. They're the ones who were... Uh, well, Woodward's been and got a stream, man. I don't blame him for Moyes. The, the boss, the, the man, the big boss has got to take the blame for that. But Van Gaal... Are you having Solskjaer? Uh, I said on the... I, I spoke outside here on the day. I would not have given him the job. I would have stuck to what they said. Wait till the end of the season, see what happens. But he was desperate under Jose in December. It was desperately bad. Well, who do you blame some of the players for that? I think there's a, a shared collective. Yeah, Japanese knotweed's got to take the blame, whoever that is. I've got an idea. He might be French. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, He'd be the first one out the door for me. Get rid of him. Get the money. If Real Madrid want him, sell him. I don't want him here. He, wa- he wanted to go to Madrid before he came here. Yeah, get rid of him. I don't care. He's not set the place on fire anyway. He's only had one good game. How long's he been here? Which one? City away? Yeah, that's it. Great game, though. Yeah, it was brilliant. Have you seen any of your City mates coming into the ground tonight? No, no. Them. No. They used to turn up when it was a three o'clock kick-off. Yeah. Quarter past three, they'd come down there. Why? You'll have to ask Hi, them. Andy. You'll have to right? ask them. You'll have to ask them. <laughs> Can I have a score prediction, please, for tonight? Yeah. Fucking 3-1 for City. This is horrible, because... My, my heart says, yeah, always my, my default is Manchester United will win, but City are clearly better than us. Yeah, at the moment they are, but there's the other permutation of Liverpool winning the title. And out of the two, I'd rather Man City. I don't think we're going to put... We're not good enough to beat City at the moment anyway, so we're not going to do any... We do ourselves favours, nobody else. If City win it, so be it. Liverpool win it, so be it. Um, you, I've always introduced you on here as having the world's most Manchester accent. All oh, right, yeah. Can, can, can you, <laughs> do you have any other accents? Can you talk in like Queen's English? 
Andrew, it's very nice to meet you. I'll see you uh, at the Chelsea game. I'll see you on Sunday. Oh. And you take care of yourself. You take care of yourself as well, Andrew. It's post-match after United have lost the Manchester Derby to the Blue Divs by two goals to nil. Uh, to cap off a pretty horrible eight or nine days for United in which we've, we've lost three games, um, not scored a goal, uh, conceded nine, I think it is. Obviously, probably today was probably the best performance of the three. Um, but and the golfy class between the two teams, unfortunately, was on show today. Yeah, there was the um, initial effort, which might have been good enough at Goodison Park on Sunday if we'd have seen some of it. But um, except for that, the, the class kicked in, didn't it? And as soon as um, you know, we were a, a little tired and stood off them a little bit. I think the substitution they made with um, Fernandinho coming off and. Um, how bold it was to bring Sane on and then they had a midfield including both Silvers which was very attacking I think immediately that, that took us 10, 10 yards back into our own half and it was a, a real decisive move that far by Guardiola but yeah um, I, I can't say I'm, I'm surprised by much I've seen tonight um, I expected a bit of re, a response in terms of effort and um, we can't really say we didn't get that but there's a lot of problems, and you know, even the people in United team that you'd you'd um, consider a class above, Indigaer and Pogba, um, even their looking their futures are looking a bit uncertain now, um, with the demands of Degayer and um, Pogba's, you know, flirting with um, Real Madrid. I'm going to come to contracts later on, but um, Stu. An improved performance by United, but ultimately it was quality that showed, didn't it, in the end? Yeah, like I just said, definitely more effort and uh, determination, passion, whatever word you want to use, first half in particular. Um, certainly compared to, to what we saw or didn't see. Well, it couldn't be much worse. At, no, exactly, at Goodison. So anything was an improvement on that. But um, but yeah, 1-11, one, one to 11, the, the City team, whoever, whoever plays, they're just, they're just comfortable on the ball, aren't they? They're just footballers right back, you know, you, you actually think the keeper could probably play in midfield if he, if he wanted to for 10 minutes. They're just really, really comfortable on the ball. They don't panic. And then you look at, yeah, you know, it, it, it cracks were just appearing all over the pitch tonight. And, you know, I'm not going to, I could easily probably pick seven or eight players who would just constantly give them the ball away. But the, the main ones who just can't seem to keep a ball. Uh, again, tonight was Fred, Lingard's equally. Pogba tries to take on two or three players at a time, loses it. And, and the thing is, as well, you can you can lose a ball and you can you can get back and you, you can defend in packs. But a we don't do that, and where we do lose it, it always seems to be for, you know 30, 40 yards away from goal, and it and it always you know seems to lead to, to at least a chance, if not worse. Um, so we we do and. You know, make make a rod for our own backs a lot of the time, and give the ball away a hell of a lot. And that was that was again classics to, tonight all over the pitch. You know, we, we've not got a comfortable centre half who, who's you know can dribble out with the ball and find a, even a basic pass. He, he just you know I'm talking about small in here. Um, <laughs> if you didn't know, um, again that's not his game. He, he's good at other stuff, and I'm not going to sit here and slag him off, um, but. It's, it's just and company can't in City's team but it, you know he's got players around him haven't he yeah, yeah. was it uh, was, uh, I'm going off my own opinion here quite a few other United fans I spoke to um, was there any surprises with the team selection today because 
I for one, I did expect him to make the changes that he did. I expected the players who didn't put the shift in, your, your Matic's, your Lukaku's, yeah. your Martial's not to play. But I thought he might have dropped again today because every game now at the minute he looks like an absolute nervous wrecking goal. Yeah, I, I, I can't, you know, the usual meltdown happened when the team selection was announced, um, everybody going on. But I, to be honest, I can honestly say that when United's team comes out, I look for the, the three or four that I consider a level above and I consider De Gea one of those and then the, the other seven I really can't I'm really not asked who we pick and that's um, quite damning you know there's not you know do you play De lot or Young I don't think there's much difference do you play um, you know Phil Jones or Lindelof you know I'm not I can't say I'm that bothered D- um, Damien was probably a surprise wasn't it we, yeah. we seem to we seem to go five at the back and Damien seemed to be almost not marking anybody in the, in the first half it, it was quite obvious he was sat sort of like on the left hand side of the, of the back of, of the two centre halves and for me it was like he was, he was watching Walker or stopping Walker from coming forward he wasn't really marking anybody and maybe it worked to a certain degree well I, I don't think that was the baddest tactics ever because yeah. if you watch City they, they seem to score the same goal over and over again yeah. and that's that little ball in behind the right back your left winger runs in cuts inside and squares it for someone to tap it in so you can see what he's thinking was that I think the problem is I don't, I don't, I don't think we did too badly at, at shutting them down but like we've um, come away from City and Barcelona at home thinking oh well they didn't batter us did they but we've not really had a chance, have we? No, no. And um, that's that's a, a real damning thing. And he's he's committed a lot to defence, and in in doing that, you know, he's sacrificed our attacking intent. So I don't know. He's, he obviously doesn't fancy um, many of the players, and none of us in this car can say you know that we were surprised at what happened tonight. You know, we saw an increase in effort, but then you know I'd rather him do that against Everton. Yeah. You know, because if we had three points extra now, even if we'd have lost tonight, we'd have, we'd, you know, we could have been looking at European Cup football next season. With, with hindsight now, we, we we were all pretty scathing of, of Mourinho, um, and he doesn't get off lightly because a lot of these players he bought himself. But Solskjaer, in a way, he's kind of gone full Mourinho now in the sense that, yeah. you know, the novelty wore off of the uh, of the initial um, appointment of Solskjaer as the manager. He's gone from that spell where he was picking the same team that picked itself, he's playing simple attacking football, to now being almost like Mourinho in the sense where he's having to pick players in round holes and changing formations. and It, it just all feels very Mourinho again at it the does, minute, doesn't absolutely. it? Absolutely. Um, I, I don't think we, if that Everton game was before Christmas, I don't think we'd have got beat 4-0. Uh, he, he would have probably set us up a little bit different, but it, it has reverted back to that. But at the same time, we've got exactly the same squad and pretty much the same starting so like 11, 12, 13 players every week. So it's not going to change because the, the players haven't changed. You know, we've got another six months older. That's all what's changed. And, and, the, and maybe the confidence in the last six weeks has, has, has been a bit shot as well. So it's, ne- it's never going to change. And I think obviously Solskjaer's obviously remit is probably, well, I'm pretty sure it was to finish top four. So he's gone over cautious, but it's, it's certainly not worked so far. And it doesn't look like it's going to work in the next two or three games I, either. Yeah, and I, the, thing, the thing as a supporter that, that you know, really affects me is, and gets me down about United at the moment is, is that I'm, um, I don't mind us not being good enough at times. And I know that's really low expectations. I don't mind some players, but to, to, <coughs> to go to Goodison on Sunday and see them all flailing their arms up in the air and not running... You know this sort of stuff. running four miles less than Everton in, collectively in the first half. It's that sort of stuff that I can't 
fucking cope with. Well, you're right, because if we'd, had we put yeah. the same shift in at Everton that we did yeah. today, you would have probably got something. Yeah, and the reason I can't cope with it as well is it's not just because they're doing that as well. The fact that these pe- these players that are failures, that are failing the club, they're, they're all asking for more money. And it's like, on what planet are you on? You know, David De Gea has been offered the best contract in for a goalkeeper in world football. He either wants to play for United or he doesn't. It's not, give me 400k and I'll play for United and give me 300k, which I could get elsewhere and I won't play for United. You know, if you either want to play for us or you don't. And if and I think that's got to come out now. And I know when I was quite critical of him on the West Ham podcast, I, 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 I saw a few people like saying, why, why are you, you know, slagging him off like that? He's got a lot of credit in the bank. But the last six weeks, he's been, he's, he's been awful. You know, he's, he's cost us at big moments as well. And it's all because of this contract that being up in the air. And um, if you don't want to play for us, go and, you know, go and play for somebody else on 300k a week. Another player you could perhaps put into that bracket at the other end of the pitch as well would be Marcus Rashford. I mean, the, the talk of his new contract now, him getting the old contracts on the same sort of terms Wayne Rooney was on when he was at United. Now, I mean, you, you're talking about the sort of levels now that players like De Bruyne or like Hazard get. You know, exactly. I mean, yeah. I mean, what and what planet does does do, does he warrant that sort of wages? For me, he's still at the level of a potential, a, you know, a, a, a young player with potential. He's certainly not worthy of being those sort of world class no, wages. Maybe him along with uh, you know Sanchez, Pogba, and Fred. Maybe they think they've got loyalties because there's a song about them. As the race for the top four in the Premier League heats up, Red Army Bet are offering a top four finish special. For United to finish in the Premier League top four, we have boosted the odds from five to one to 11 to 2. Visit redarmybet.com for details. So Stu, going back to um, what we are saying about Sanchez, is Sanchez then basically the one to blame for all this? Because we're getting players now who are not being paid on the market rate. They're looking for contracts based on what they've earned, uh, you know, what they're seeing that the peers uh, United pl- uh, earn. Yeah, well, firstly, let's, let's, let's be honest about it. 18 months ago, you know, when, when he came into the team, into the club playing the piano no one ever, ever would have imagined he would have had such a, a, a you know a poor impact and been as poor I know he's had a couple of injuries as well but you know he, he was bought for a reason he was bought because he, he was on a free so it wasn't costing 40 million or whatever and obviously yeah probably to stop City getting him as well so the fact that he's been non-existent it's all very well saying you know so far down the track and, but at the same time uh, you know well spoken about whatever he's on a, month, a week, you know, three fifty, four hundred. Because we didn't pay a transfer fee, is all very well, but it's certainly come back to bite us on the backside big time um, with these contract talks. And and it will happen again. It will happen in other clubs. I mean, you you can have you, you know your three or four star players knocking on the door if they're on half of that, aren't you? It's quite obvious. And it's what you start to wonder as well if you if you should we should United should be paying off players now. Because you know we we wouldn't have this problem probably with De Gea if we'd have paid Sanchez off. You know, just just roll off with the rest of his contract. Well, one of my mates was joking that we should just actually kill him. Um, that, that, well, that's <laughs> it's not the view of United we stand on matches, Dad. But it would, would um, it would get rid of a few problems. Um, well, well, when you when you're talking about um, when you're talking about like De Gea, I mean, it is stock now. Is it's falling with every single game, though, isn't it? I mean, is there now an argument that? He's not even going to be able to go to other clubs um, and demand these sort of wages. I mean, he's talking about the Madrid. You know, they don't necessarily need a goalkeeper. PSG again. You know, do they really need a keeper? Who's going to pay him them sort of wages? I can't see anybody really, but 
I think we all obviously see him week in week out, and you know we see him making mistakes. But I think I don't think it makes a, a big difference to his to his overall value. You think it would do? You know, well, and, I, and, I don't. I don't think in Spain he's rated anywhere near as highly as he is over here, though. As well, especially the with the world with the World Cup, he's not recovered from that World Cup, has he? No, and, and he's not nowhere near as good as you could easily name three or four keepers now who, who are ten times better than than him with his feet, but. He's obviously got a reputation. He is still one of the best, probably five or six in the world. Um, but, where, but whereas a year or so ago, he was probably rated the best in the world. So I think he's still clinging on to that. Um, but there are oh, tonight. We've seen tonight. We've, we've seen Edison, who's you know, who I didn't particularly rate, or maybe I've just not seen enough of him. But, but again, he's just so comfortable on the ball. So it's got a very calm presence at the back yeah, end so all, all, that all, we haven't got. His overall game um, is probably. Makes him a better keeper. I, for yeah, me. I, I, I personally think that you, you know De Gea, obviously a really good keeper, great best shot stopper in the world. You know he, he makes these saves that sometimes you think fucking hell, how does he save that? But I just think you know the way United are going forward now. Do they want the goalkeeper to be the best top top earner in the team? And I, I don't think that's a good position for anybody to be in. And you know you, they've actually made him an offer to be the best paid goalkeeper in the world. If that's not enough for me, then. United need to start looking at alternatives because whilst he is in the top five in the world, you know United could easily get one off Madrid and get 50 million, another top five keeper in the world and get 50 million as well, which they could spend on a centre half. Yeah. You know United need to start thinking we're that fucking far behind. A deal where we get two players for one isn't such a bad one, you know. And he and he'd probably sit down at the table and say, well, okay, you're saying I'm not too uh, too clever with my feet playing it out, but he'll probably point out the fact that he's got. You know, A, B, and C in front of him, and he doesn't trust them, or they've not got the ability to to, to then move it onto midfield or wherever. So you know, he, <laughs> there's that issue as well, isn't there? But you, you you do need the players in front of you to to, to improve yourself. Yeah. I, I think suppose. United have got an opportunity though that if if they've, they've got two very good assets in Pogba and De Gea, and I, I would like a decision made on both of them before the end of the season because if if they want to leave, then United are looking that they could get up to four players. And we need numbers. We need numbers that are a class above, rather than this like utter shit, shit storm of squad players that we've got every but single week. We, we just know about it's not. It's not going to happen in the next two or three weeks, is it? It's not going to happen before the end of the season. It's going. You just know it's going to be June, if not longer. It's going to be dragged out. Um, we, we talk about contracts, and it's interesting that this stuff has all kind of come up in the last few weeks, which has, has coincided with uh, our sort of downturn in form. These obviously talk about Mata and Herrera both leaving. You know they're not going to get new contracts. Um, Rojo, Baye, a lot of no, the, lot yeah, of the, lot of the, yeah six, a lot of especially the, the sort of Spanish-speaking contingent. Um, apparently not happy. Um, you know that so maybe some of the English players have all got contracts well, and, and they, yeah, 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 and they've they've not got contracts. Could United have handled it any differently, or you know the, if they are going to have this clear out, was there just nothing they could have done about it? Yeah, I think we've got to be brave, Mick. Like going forward, like. When Coutinho was leaving Liverpool, you didn't, you didn't hear him crying about it, you know, paying this, paying that, give him anything you can to stay. What they did is they sold him for a good fee and they got Virgil van Dijk and still has 75 million left over. And that's what United need to do with Pogba and De Gea if they want to leave. But the worst the, the worst thing that they can do is, is drag this on. They're either here or they're not. And that's, that's um, I, I think against Everton, you could see half a team whose, whose effort and mind was elsewhere and... I want I want it you know resolving before the end of the season. But what, what United could have done differently is, again, really stating the obvious is three, four, five years ago got rid of some of these players. 
you know, they've stayed, they've, they've, they've stayed too long. Uh, I don't need to name the three or four I'm, I'm talking about. If you don't know, then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, but it, that's what they should have done. They should have done that. Some of those players have been given new contracts as well. Exactly, exactly. So seven or eight years ago, we've, we've got sort of like three out, three out the back four who are playing today. Where do you see that in any other top two well, teams? I, I think this is where the, the Glazenomics comes into it ahead of um, perhaps where City are because City would, you know, Guardiola wanted, wanted new full-backs and he went out and bought four of them. Yeah. He bought a goalkeeper he didn't like and he replaced him within six months. Yeah. That kind of doesn't happen. We, we're still playing with back fours that um, were around when Ferguson was around. Exactly. You know, and, and even even you could argue... You, yeah, okay, they've improved a bit, but like, uh, do you want us to think the likes of Fred and Lindelof are going to be good enough to be in a title-winning United side? And some of them are all right. You Not know, Fred, you can no. have a, you can you can handle a lot, a few of a fair few of them in the squad, but we we've got them starting forty games, haven't we? Jesse Lingard's starting forty games for United, you know. And I don't, I like the fact that he's you know come through the reserve team and he's a you know a local lad, but. We're absolutely rammed with them. We, we have basic, we've got a squad of squad yeah, players, haven't we? Squad of squad players, yeah. And this is what I was back to the team selection. Like, if if Pogba starts because he's he is whether we like it or not, whether we think he's a tosser or not, he's a level above a lot of United players. So is David De Gea. So is um, I think the two exclusive. Got, you yeah, know, he, he can yeah. be a nobbed and be our best player. I said Rashford could be, um, you know, but even that's pushing it. He's inconsistent, but. Then, following them, I just think what what I don't, I don't care who he picks. To be quite honest, we've got a, yeah. we've got a core squad, haven't we? Of about 15, 16 players, of eight, you would say probably are mercenaries, and the other seven, <laughs> and the other and the other seven or eight are there because they think that the club owns them because they've been loyal or they've been there for four, five, six, seven years. And that's for trouble. Yeah, that's 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 what it boils down to. We've not, like you said beforehand, we've not got seven, even six. Players who should be in the starting eleven every week and should be and should be playing forty games a season. Like yes, I mean City probably have eight. Play, they probably have more than eight. They probably have thirteen. That could start fourteen. Yeah. That could start every week. But um, I just want United now to go, to focus on getting that eight to start with. What you know, if they're fit, they play. Which, will, then, which basically means we probably have to sign five players and they all be instant yeah, successes. Wouldn't they? So if you're getting rid of seven, you've got to sign probably nine, haven't you? Is that going to happen in, in, in June? I don't think so. Well, no, I don't, I don't think... Um, I don't... You know, we want rid of people like Rojo who don't contribute anything. Wait Get rid of those first. Yeah. Rojo, Sanchez. You know, your players that don't play at all. If Damian's not going to play, although he's all right tonight, um, you know, make, sell him as well. And then the, the ones that we get in replace those. But then, once we've got our eight players, you know, we need to... Then build next season and then start selling some of these ones that are you know that are always fit and playing. So yeah, I, I just think um, it, it, we can't just sign a full team. No. In a full in a summer, and um, I think the first ones off the books are the ones don't contribute anything. Yep. And then we'll try and replace them with quality, and the yeah, ones who are yeah. playing every week now get demoted into their sort of roles. And if and if we have to, you know, worst case scenario, if we have to sell De Gea and Pogba, which we don't want because we we feel like they they are good players. Then we need to get four players back for him for the, yeah. the fees that we get for him, you know, and um, four first team players. Stu, looking ahead to Sunday, um, somehow we're still in this battle for uh, top four, um, and I think if we did win all three games, we'd certainly um, be giving ourselves a chance of getting in there. What sort of team do you go with for the Chelsea game? Do you do you go with the team of grafters that he's gone with tonight, or do you go with the quality players who are very hit and miss, but can give you at least a little bit more up front than what we've got at the minute? 
<laughs> or do you just pluck the names out of a hat like I think he's doing at the minute? <laughs> okay, yeah, probably, yeah. I just I think it all for me, you, you need a focal point and Lukaku's not doing it, Rashford's not a number nine. It wouldn't surprise me if he puts Sanchez up front on, on Sunday. I don't know. Who knows? <coughs> uh, obviously, again, we've got to stop Hazard. He's the, he's the obvious threat. Um, Herrera's in the cold. McTominay, is he injured? Is he been safe for Sunday? Who knows? Uh, the back four didn't particularly do anything wrong tonight. Uh, that could stay the same, maybe. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I, I've said I've said it for weeks now, but we're not going to finish top four. So, And... After Sunday, four we'd have to get at least four points from these next two games. So we're I'll on. I'll tell you what, though, if we'd have won at Everton, if we'd have won at Everton, or Wolves, one of those two, yeah, yeah, you know, we'd have been. But then we were looking to win against West Ham and Watford at home, aren't we? So you know, do we deserve top four? As it stands, we're probably going to have to cancel Chris Smalling's uh, testimonial this summer because uh, we're going to be playing a Europa League qualifier in the middle of June or something. Which fucks up the pre-season straight away as well, doesn't it? You know, Ollie wants to obviously try and get as much done as he possibly can before going out in pre-season, but that just screws that up as well, doesn't it? It just It's already affecting, you know, it's probably not finishing top four, it's already affecting next season without... There's no way we definitely can't be in Europe, is it? Should be a tough game against Shamrock Rovers. No, we, can't, <laughs> we, can't, we can't finish seventh now. So we're in the Europa League, aren't we? Um, I'll finish up with tonight. Um, it's going to be difficult to find this, but Stu, can you think of anyone who stood out for you tonight and have you got a man of the match? Um, uh, probably for the... No, maybe not for the first time ever, but I'm, I'm, I'm loathe to think of or give you a name because we're all fives and sixes, so... No man of a match from me. No man of a match from sure. And can you think of anyone stood out for you? I don't think I can. Until the second goal, I, just, I, w- I was quite impressed with how um, Damian had come back into the team in difficult circumstances. You know, after being out since January, and then we just you're playing tonight, lad, against City. <laughs> you're you're you in know, the shop window, um, aren't you? Yeah. But yeah, it, um, no, I can't. I can't you say got anybody deserve man of the match. <laughs> I thought a lot of our best moments come through Fred, but I also thought some of our worst moments come through him as well. So that cancels that one out. Yeah, he's a strange player, him, isn't he? Because um, he just gives the ball. You know, he, he can he can drift three three players and then, but and they can't play a three then, yard pass. Yeah, and then um, loses the ball twenty yards from goal in the same yeah. position in the same area. Yeah, I know. So you've heard it there first in uncharted territory for the first time in the United We Stand podcast. We can't think of any we were going to give it a man of the match for. It was all a bit beige, a bit five and six out of ten. And unfortunately, uh, United have lost the derby again. Um, the only little bit of a saving grace that we can, can grab from this today is that obviously it's a bitter pill for them down the road, down the East Lancaster Swallow, and it's looking likely that it's going to make it 29 years for them. Um, not that I want to wallow in the grief of another football club when we've got our own shambles uh, at the minute. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll all be back from the game at Chelsea, where hopefully we'll finally uh, have a goal to at least talk about Um, and maybe even some points. In the meantime, thanks very much for listening. United We Stand and Red Army Bet. We all follow United. Visit redarmybet.com or download the app for all the latest United specials and enhanced odds. Red Army Bet, the only bookmaker committed to sharing 50% of net profits with United fans.